Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Uh, it's episode 58. I know we're, um, I'm recording pretty late Saturday night, but I wanted to watch the Air Raiders game and, and be able to kind of give my thoughts on, on them um, on this week's episode. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about the Air Raiders. Uh, we've got off-season drama in football. We'll get to that. Talk to, talking a lot about cacti. And I've got listener questions. And then we've got our Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So uh, the Air Raiders run is over after tonight. They lost to the um, Wichita, State, uh, Wichita, Wichita State alumni team, uh, the Aftershocks. Um, this was after yesterday defeating the uh, B1 Ballers in the first round. Um, so just a couple overall thoughts on this tournament. This is the first time I've watched this, uh, basketball TBT basketball tournament. Um, very entertaining. It is really a perfect time to have this event because we're, we're kind of in a dead time with sports. Uh, you know, major league baseball had their all-star break this week. And so they're kind of slowly trickling back in. Um, you haven't started NFL training camps, or anything. So I, th- I think, number one, this is a perfect time to have this tournament. Uh, number two, I am I was shocked yesterday, yesterday's game really more so than today's, but yesterday's game, just the attendance was uh, not very good uh, for the Air Raiders game. And I understand, you know, the, the host team wasn't playing, and, and certainly today uh, the attendance was, was a lot more but you know that 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 kind of stood out to me as well. Um, I've got a listener question coming up about the potential of Lubbock hosting this event maybe next year. We'll talk more about that when we get to listener questions. But um, also, ESPN sent their broadcasters on site for this tournament. Which, if you watched really any um, Big Twelve games this year, you had a lot of games where. ESPN was not even bothering to send broadcasters to the games on site. And, you know, it wasn't a COVID issue. It was just, you know, ESPN, I think, being cheap and chintzy, quite frankly. And it makes a difference. I think it makes a huge difference when you have the broadcasters on site versus all the way back in ESPN headquarters in Connecticut. Um, the other big thing was this uh, this Elam slingshot rule basically where the game doesn't end with on a on a game clock it ends with uh first team to a specific amount of points wins and so basically the way they do that is uh, when you get to the next dead ball with four minutes less than four minutes to go in the fourth quarter um the target score is is uh whatever the leading team score is plus eight. Uh, so, you know, last night it was 90, uh, tonight it was 69. Interesting way to end games. Um, it does make the ending of these basketball games more exciting. You know, unlike in your traditional basketball game where you have a lot of fouling, a lot of free throws, a lot more fouling, a lot of clock stoppage, you don't see that. Um, now, I doubt they will ever implement any sort of Elam uh, slingshot ending to 
any college basketball or NBA game. Um, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, I do think it kind of hurt the the Air Raiders. I don't. Th- I, I don't necessarily think Texas Tech is built for that type of game because Texas Tech is a defense, typically a defense first team. Um, and so it made made last night's game really really exciting because uh, the the B one ballers uh, very nearly came back and won, um, you know. And then obviously tonight, unfortunately, you know Tech was down by quite a bit and they just weren't able to come back at that point. So, um, so overall, my thoughts, you know, uh, I, I thought I thought Texas Tech's team did pretty well. Uh, you know, they won last night and then they lost today. You know, unfortunately, they were they were down. Um, you know, Matt Mooney, Zaire Smith didn't play. Uh, Norrin Sodiasi had to bow out in the last minute. Um, but I got to say, Davion Warren, uh, you know, coming in, you know, being coming in basically last Friday to this team, uh, really played played hard and was a r- real big contributor to to them winning yesterday and and really keeping it close um, today. So. Hopefully, um, we're going to see some sort of Texas Tech team in this tournament next year. Um, and, you know, I, I think this should be a regular, regular thing for Tech alumni. And especially as we continue to build um, a continuing successful basketball program, you're, you're going to have a lot of pool of guys to pull from, you know. So uh, hopefully they, they keep this up. So, But great. I mean, it was a great couple days get some basketball, get some tech basketball in. Um, that gives us a little bit of a, of a tease um, that we'll hopefully see, you know, uh, five, not five months, four months from now when, when uh, tech's regular season starts. So it's fun to watch. So that was really the big, big sporting games news this week. Um, the other big sport news with Texas Tech was definitely the uh, football team, and it was all good news with football this week. Um, Texas Tech announced on Monday the Matador Club, which is the NIL name, image, and likeness organization that's been set up uh, by tech boosters and tech people, announced that every single football player plus 15 walk-ons are going to be getting a $25,000 check then not not all in one month, but throughout the year, um, in exchange for them doing all sorts of uh, community service things like that, um, it is it is one it is the largest uh, payout I've seen of any kind for NIL. Um, it's the the grand total uh, it totals up to two million dollars, uh, and so massively massively huge deal for Tech, you know, and and I think this what this proves is that Texas Tech can be a major player in this NIL era of college sports. Um, you know, tech has the finances, they have, they have the, the alumni, they have the supporters that are willing to put forth the money to, to let's be quite frank, to attract players and huge news, you know, Texas tech made national news with this. And I think this proves again, you know, Texas tech isn't a poverty program, you know, for too many years, even Texas Tech fans have had this mindset that, well, we just got to learn to do more with less. And I just, I think in this NIL era, and, and because of what happened on Monday, that narrative flies out the window. 
And so, you know, we're going to see a lot. I think this is going to see a lot of dividends from this decision. And you're going to start seeing people come here because tech is offering this type of NIL deal. And the 25000 is the base that these players are going to get, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have players that are going to make other NIL deals with other businesses and they're going to make more than just the 25,000. And, you know, I think the opportunity is there and I think you're going to see players come here because of that. So um, great, great news for tech athletics on Monday. And, you know, tech is going to be a player in this NIL era. Now, it did make some. T- it did make TCU coach a little butt hurt, um, and so we got to talk about that. You know, he decided to get on his little Twitter Monday night, and he was crying like a baby, probably because TCU can't raise that sort of money, uh, even though they're in Fort Worth, because nobody cares about them in Fort Worth, really. Um, but he, you know, he had to mouth off, and he had to, you know, call Lubbock a desert, and basically say that, you know. You can't make anything of yourself, you, you know, if you're in Lubbock, go to Tech, which it's really kind of hilarious that he went that route when his boss, the head coach of TCU, is Sonny Dykes, son of Spike Dykes, Sonny Dykes, who went to school at Tech, grew up in Lubbock, still has family in Lubbock. I think he probably wouldn't say that, you know, Lubbock's this desert, you can't make anything of yourself. So, but I do want to thank that recruiting coordinator idiot because TCU, um, we, we with Gary Patterson and Sonny Dykes when he was at SMU, they have quite frankly out-recruited um, Tech in the West Texas area. And I, I do think that was going to change anyway with Joey McGuire at the helm because I think Joey McGuire is going to focus a lot more on recruiting than uh, – Matt Wells and Cliff Kingsbury did, especially recruiting West Texas. But you've gifted us a horse now, uh, TCU, because you basically offended a whole region of Texas. And you even had high school coaches that noticed that, you know, because let's get into the part two of this story. And that was what happened on Tuesday when it was the day of the cactus uh, if you were a tech fan and you had tech fans, you had all the tech coaches, Joey McGuire, Tim Tadlock, Krista Gerlich, Mark Adams. You had the tech big wigs, Mac McClung, Patrick Mahomes. They were all tweeting out cacti, cactuses, uh, kind of as a response. It was kind of as a rallying cry to this TCU coach Bozo recruiting coordinator. So, um, and then, and then Wednesday, I think it was Guns Up Nation. No, it wasn't Guns Up Nation. It was uh, Red Raider Sports, the website, <laughs> had a whole bunch of cacti delivered to the TCU football office, which, great. I love this. Um, so this is great. This is great for a variety of reasons. Number one, it, it ratchets up this uh, TCU tech rivalry some more, you know, and they already, TCU already stepped in it last week when they decided not to allow – um, individual game tickets for the Texas Tech game to be sold. <laughs> so that ratcheted it up. And then basically the athletic director came out and said they're doing that because they're afraid Texas Tech fans will take over their um, stadium. So we all, they already, he already ratcheted it up. And then this recruiting guy, you know, Bozo Man, decided to mouth off and say some things. And, yeah, it, 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 it added some intensity uh, to these TC, this 
TCU matchups that are coming up, not only in football, but in the other sports. So, um, but, you know, it was fantastic. And, you know, as the Major League Baseball All-Star Games going on, what is trending on Twitter but Tech and Cactus and West Texas and is fantastic. But I think this recruiting coordinator stepped in it big time with a lot of coaches out here in West Texas. You know, there was uh, the coach at, uh, head, head football coach at Tascosa. He was one of the people that tweeted out the Cactus. And that's a significant development because Sonny Dykes has recruited a lot of players from Amarillo, Tascosa. TCU has been able to successfully recruit a lot of players from Tascosa. And Tascosa is an extremely successful um, program out here. You know, they got to the state semifinals a few years ago. You have a lot of talent at that school. And quite frankly, Tech has not done very well in getting those studs from Tascosa to come to Texas Tech. And I think Joey McGuire is going to fix that. But making it clear that, hey, you know, this is what TCU thinks of you. That's not going to hurt that effort. So, you know, you stepped in it big top, TCU guy. But that's okay. We'll see you November 5th. So um, that's really all the big sports news this week. Um, conference stuff, there wasn't a lot of development. Um, you know, Monday, and this was not a surprise to me. This really wasn't a surprise to really anybody that follows the Big 12. But Basically, this idea of a Pac-12, Big 12 merger is dead. And again, not a surprise if you're a Big 12 fan. Because here's the thing. There are programs currently in the Pac-12 that really they don't give you anything. In fact, they will cause you to lose money because you're going to have to share the television profits with them. You know, the Cals, the Stanfords, the Oregon State, Washington State, you know, those programs aren't going to make you more money with networks. And so I'm not surprised that there wasn't a complete merger. I still think you're going to see some Pac-12 teams come to the Big 12. At this point, I don't know how many. I've heard, you know, I've heard rumblings of, the the Big 12 is only going to take two or only has to take two or, you know, they might take four. They may take six. I don't know. That, that's what's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks. And I still think it's going to be, a, you know, it'll be an interesting week this week. And then certainly I think even going into August 1st when this 30-day uh, negotiating window for the Pac-12 is over with ends. But, you know, Colorado has met multiple times their Board of Regents. I think they're going to be the first ones to uh, officially, formally apply to the Big 12. Um, and I think the big reason behind that is because they probably believe that if they're not the ones that apply first, they have a very strong danger of not not getting it at all if, if the Big 12 has only taken two teams or even four teams at this point. Um, the other team that seems like they're pretty close to potentially applying is Arizona. Um, what's been surprising this week is the disconnect between Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona seems to be very close 
to wanting to apply to the Big 12. Arizona State, um, just based on the interview with their president, seems like they're not close to wanting to uh, apply to the Big 12, which, I mean, that's to their detriment. So um, Utah is another one. If you gauge their fan reaction, I mean, their fans are under the illusion that the Big Ten's going to come calling. I don't think their leadership feels that way as well, but they need to act quickly because we got BYU in the Big 12. We don't necessarily need Utah, um, you know. And then Oregon is the big wild card because, you know, Oregon is is a prize just because you've got that Phil Knight money. But based on a lot of things I've seen with Oregon last few weeks, I'm almost fine with them not coming to the Big 12 because they're really kind of coming off as another UT. Basically, they're going to want to come in and they're going to want to they're going to want special treatment. They're going to want a bigger cut, all this other stuff. And we're 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 getting rid of UT. We don't need another one from Oregon to come in. So they're a wild card. We'll see what happens with them. They're not getting in the Big Ten. I don't think the Big Ten wants them. And so, you know, Oregon's options going to be come to the Big 12, but the Big 12 does not need to give them special treatment or Oregon's going to stay in whatever constituted Pac-10 exists and kind of be the big fish in the small pond. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch um, this week and see what happens, basically. So... Uh, the other big big news story was um, network tele- or television deals. Uh, there was a big um, article, I think it was on Monday, that potentially another television partner for the Big 12 could be NBC. Uh, and the reason this might happen is NBC wants to keep Notre Dame football, but Notre Dame wants $75 million to uh, – be the the home of to have NBC be the home of Notre Dame football, which arrogant nervy of Notre Dame, quite frankly. But basically, what this might cause is you might see the NBC say, "Okay, we're willing to make this seventy five million dollar deal with Notre Dame, but we want more sports programming." And you might see the Big Twelve be be that option. I kind of like that deal. Um, again, you know, if you go with ESPN or Fox, you're going to be the second fiddle. If you go with ESPN, you're going to be the third fiddle because, you know, they have an, an ESPN's invested a lot of money with the ACC. And then obviously SEC is their number one. Fox, you'd be second fiddle to the Big Ten. If you get a deal with NBC, you know, yeah, you got Notre Dame there. But you're also getting your you're getting some of your football games on national network television every week in a good prime spot. And so I'm intrigued by that. I think what's going to end up happening as far as a TV with the Big 12 is you're going to see multitude of network partners. You could see some go to Fox. You could see some, I think CBS is still going to be a big player in the Big 12, NBC. And then, you know, again, in the Big 12, every university um, is able to negotiate their third tier 
rights, which would be your basketball, baseball, and then like your non-conference like cupcake games like Murray State. That could potentially stay with ESPN Plus or, you know, if you end up at CBS, does CBS have that streaming ability at Paramount Plus? And then again, Amazon's the other wild card. So that's going to be worth bear watching to see what happens as far as the TV deal. And I think you're going to see some movement on that. Uh, Even though the deal doesn't expire until 2025, you're certainly, I think, going to see a lot of movement on that in the coming months, especially with uh, Brett Yormark as as commissioner right now in the Big 12. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, it'll be time for some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for listener questions. And the best way to ask questions is you can do one of two things. Actually, I would I would say do both. Um, one, you need to be following me on the official Twitter of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is at The C Carp Show. And then also follow the official TikTok of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is just simply The Chris Carpenter Show. So I had a couple, uh, several people tweeted at me this morning asking about why is... Zaire Smith, Matt Mooney not playing. Um, so my best information that I gotten, um, I want to thank my my intrepid reporter, Alan Succi, host of the Real Chris Carpenter Show, for uh, giving me a lot of this information from the ground there at Wichita. He was at, at the at the arena, but um, so Zaire Smith. I have I have not gotten any sort of information about why he ended up not playing. Um, now, Matt, with Matt Mooney, um, he had an ankle issue, ankle injury, which is why he didn't play. So, I wish I could give you get you some more information, but um, that's really all all I've heard as far as as far as those two players. So, let's jump into our questions, our other questions, and we've got Mark from New Home. How much of a crowd would the Air Raiders receive if they get to host a regional next year with the TBT? And I really think that Lubbock is a perfect host for a regional for this TBT, and I think you would get a very solid crowd. Obviously, with the with the Air Raiders playing, you would get a big, big crowd. I think bigger than even the Wichita State crowd tonight. But I think you still would get a very solid um amount of crowds for those other games. You know, Lubbock has hosted other basketball tournaments. Um, they've ho- they've hosted the for several years, and I think for a decade now, they have been the host of the Women's Junior College National Tournament. Um, LCU has hosted uh, several regionals in the NCAA Tournament Division II. Um, you know, even when we go way back, uh, the Lady Raiders have hosted regionals for the NCAA Women's Tournament. So, and and they've been well attended, um, so I think you would get a very good crowd. Uh, you know, this is a perfect time of the year where there's not a lot going on, and I think you could pull a very decent crowd. And I mean, you'd be selling air, free air conditioning. Come on in, especially when it gets 105. But yeah, absolutely, I think Lubbock would be a very, very good host for this TBT, and I think you would get good crowds at the USA for this event. So I'm hoping next year that that, that does happen. And, and I, I certainly think Lubbock is a very worthy host. 
you know. So hopefully, hopefully Lubbock is hosting next year, and and I will get to go, and I can be the reporter on the ground. So, good question. We've got Raider fan, Raider fan from Silverton. Does Shondre Jones have any eligibility left? Yeah, I wish, I wish he did. I think. Well, obviously, you know, all these guys are playing for a million dollars. That's the prize for the TBT. So uh, you're basically, yeah, you're not an amateur anymore. But that would be cool. And, yeah, I was impressed with some of uh, Shandre Jones and some of the other non-tech guys that this team got. Um, you know, I think they did a pretty good job of building a team. You know, like I said, they, they really were hurt with no Matt Mooney and, and no uh, Zaire Smith. And, you know, no Noren Sodiasi. You needed a, probably another big guy in there. But, you know, this was the first year that Tech had fielded a team. And so for them to win a tournament game, I think that's a pretty good step, pretty good first step. And hopefully next year they're hosting a regional. That, I think that's the next step, personally. So good question from Raider fan. Uh, this is Sierra from Dimmit. Is the cactus here to stay or is it a fad? That's a good question. Um, I think it's probably more a fad than anything else. It's really going to depend on it. It's really more watch and see. Um, You know, as you get into this athletic season, especially football season, is the athletic department going to capitalize on it, which I think they have. Um, you know, Red Raider Outfitter and some of the other, you know, shirt businesses, clothing businesses, all, you know, all came out with, cac- you know, Texas Tech cactus shirts pretty quickly. And so I think it p- could potentially be a great marketing tool, logo tool. You know, we'll see. Uh, I still lean towards it's probably more of a fad, but it, I think you could potentially have it grow. I mean, the whole reason tortillas are thrown at tech football games started because of an insult towards Lubbock. You had a, a sportscaster basically say the only thing Lubbock has is a tortilla factory. And then the next week you had tech students throwing tortillas. So it doesn't take much. And so, but I think right now I'm leaning more towards it's a fad. So, all right, next question we've got. Orenthal. Okay, everybody in the Plains area, lock your doors. Orenthal is in Plains. Um, any updates on football ticket snails now that the fan base is reignited? Does that mean Orenthal is going to be at Tech Games this year? Woo! Well, I mean, they had Ric Flair and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> That'd be kind of an interesting... The gorilla could bring in Orenthal. <laughs> The gorilla, Davis Smith, he could bring in Orenthal as his as his new promotion. Uh, there you go. Marketing idea. Uh, so let's get to his question. I don't know. I haven't heard really anything about season ticket sales. I know there are still some available. Just And the reason I know that is because I'm on their email list and I keep getting emails about it. I think certainly um, you're probably going to have more season tickets sold this this year. Than, than last year, and then certainly, you know, 2020 was kind of an outlier year with COVID, uh, but you go back 2019, because I, I do think Joey McGuire, he has done all of the right things in the offseason that needed to happen to ignite this fan base, and so I think you're going to have a really solid crowd 
for the Murray State game. I, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a sellout. They're in a perfect time. They're playing at night, which is good in September. Um, and then I think you'll have a good crowd, obviously, against Houston. And then a lot of it's just going to depend on on if they're winning. You know, part of the problem that this football program has had over the last decade is they have lost a lot of home games. And you go back to the Leach era, you didn't lose a lot of home games. Um, you know, when Texas came in, when Oklahoma came in, they struggled to win here. And, and that hasn't been the case. And so I think, obviously, I think if you, if you, can, be, if you can win the Houston game, that, that'd be huge. I really, truly believe, and uh, this, is, this will be part of my predictions next month, I really, truly believe that Tech will win one of the three big home games they have this year, Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor. They're going to win one of those three, and I think that's a huge step towards keeping that momentum of this reigniting of the fan base going. Wins, wins are a cure-all um, for sure. So, you know, I think, I think you'll get a good solid crowd against Murray State and then probably against Houston as well, and then – after that, it's going to depend on if you're winning. And then obviously, yeah, the Texas game, you'll get a good crowd because you always get a good crowd for the Texas game. But again, it's, you know, after that, it's going to be if you're winning, you're going to get the bigger crowds. That's just that's how it works. So, all right, next question. This is Larry from Muleshoe. Is Luke Adams possibly in training to take over for his dad when he decides to retire? Would that be another Pat Knight situation? You know, that's a really interesting question, Larry. I was honestly thinking about that just yesterday, that, huh, this is kind of interesting. We have Luke Adams on staff now. Um, you know, Mark Adams, he, he is an older coach. Um, you know, when he retires, is this is this what's going to happen? And, yeah, uh, immediately I thought of what happened when Bob Knight turned over the, the reins to Pat Knight. I'm going to say right now, no, uh, Luke Adams is not in a coach in waiting type of situation. You know, now if Mark Adams coaches, you know, Mark Adams just got, I believe, a five-year contract extension. You know, if he coaches the next five years and Tech has it rocking and rolling and Luke Adams is part of that staff and he's bringing in successful recruits, yeah, five years from now, that's a possibility. Um, you know, you may also have a situation if this thing's rocking and rolling and Luke Adams is rocking and rolling with it, another university may come calling for him to be a head coach and, you know, he may go somewhere else, be a head coach and then possibly come back. I don't know. I don't think right now that's a plan that's even remotely being discussed. Uh, you know, Luke Adams, uh, you know, he's on staff now and we're going to go from there and, and that's kind of where we're at. So, you know, I don't think that's a plan. And, yeah, I think that would definitely be for a lot of longtime tech fans. There would be a little bit of a, oh, is this going to be like the Pat Knight situation? You know, so those types of handoffs, it doesn't seem like they work very well. You know, you had Bob to Pat Knight. You had, uh, you know, Eddie Sutton to Sean Sutton. That didn't really work out well. And I'm, by the way, I'm grateful that Sutton is on our staff now. I think he's been a huge asset. He's, he's one of the, he, him and Mark Adams didn't get on the plane. 
but you know that didn't work out very well. You had that Florida State baseball; they did that as well, you know, um, and that might be a reason Sonny Dykes really was a non-starter at Tech for coming back, and maybe he didn't want to come back because he had seen that pattern before. So, I think it could potentially work if. Luke Adams goes somewhere else and and is a successful head coach there and then comes to Tech. But just handing it directly off to him, I don't think that's a good idea. And I don't think that works. And I don't think I don't think that's even would be even be in the plan. So all right. And that is our final question today. So good questions this week. Again. Make sure you are following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is at the C Carp Show, and then also follow the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is just simply the Chris Carpenter Show. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, I will give you my Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my tip of the week is going to deal with weather. Uh, It's pretty hot outside. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got the giggles now. (laughs) (laughs) it's, It's pretty hot outside. And, you know, you need to make sure take care of yourself. Um, one of the things I did this week, you know, I love to walk in the mornings during the summer. And one of the things I did this week is I woke up about an hour earlier than normal to get, get my walk in for the day. And it was a game changer. It was still nice. It's nice and cool. And this is when we were having 105 degree heat, you know, for several days. Um, but it was nice and cooler. We had a little bit of an overcast sky. Um, but you know, I did that purposefully because I knew it was going to get pretty hot. And then, you know, obviously I made sure to drink, drink plenty of water, sunscreen the whole bit, but you know, uh, be weather aware, um, and make sure that you're, you're keeping yourself safe, um, in this heat. So that is the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show. Um, we are we are going to have a midweek madness this Wednesday. This may be the last midweek madness of the summer. Um, I'm still working on making negotiations with their agents. Uh, you know, Toby Toby Ryan and Alan Succi, their agents, to possibly do some more of those panel discussions that we did earlier in the year. So maybe knock on wood, we may do some of those during the school year, but uh, we definitely are going to have a midweek madness this week. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, We are going to talk about Vince McMahon, uh, which there was big news with Vince McMahon this week. Um, So we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about kind of the San Diego Comic-Con, the big news that came out of it, which there was a lot with Star Trek that came out with that. And then I'm going to give you my movie review of the movie Nope. So tune in. That'll be Wednesday uh, for Midweek Madness. And then we will be back we will be back next Saturday for our regular edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. 
Other thing I want to remind you of, um, I don't know how many of you did this Thursday, but I was on another podcast this week called Big Dudes in the Trenches. Um, we were doing Big 12 Preview. And so I was on there. Uh, we did the live stream on Thursday. That is now available to download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, give that a download. Give that a listen. Those guys do a great job of really getting in-depth uh, with with football. And, and they do a big in-depth time not only for the NFL but for college football as well. So give it a listen. Uh, big dudes in the trenches. So. I will see you this Wednesday for Midweek Madness. Hope everybody has a good rest of the weekend. And I will see you next time on The Chris Carpenter Show.